Hello and welcome to the Rogers Brief. I'm Adam Rogers. Thank you for watching and thank you for listening. Today I'm going to talk about a release that was issued today, uh, January 31st, uh, 2022, by the Mass Casualty Commission. Uh, and it deals with uh, the proceedings themselves, the role of participants, uh, reports that are forthcoming, and public engagement uh, that is supposed to be taking place over the next few weeks. It's interesting. The first thing I noticed about the release actually is that though it was released today, January 31st, it was actually dated uh, January 28th, which was Friday. So uh, perhaps the initial intention of the commission was to uh, issue this release on a Friday when fewer people would be paying attention to the news. Uh, in any event, uh, they uh, released it today and um, as we were reminded last week, there's plenty of staff involved with the Mass Casualty Commission. Uh, there was an article last week in CBC that outlined the uh, budget uh, to date, the money spent to date, uh, $13 million, which of course is a very large amount of money uh, to be spent without having a day of hearing. And uh, I was uh, asked to comment on that article, so you may have seen that in the news uh, last week on CBC. Uh, this week, the Mass Casualty Commission has uh, issued this release and uh, in my mind, although I, I've said what the topics they uh, cover, I think the real purpose of this is to manage and that is to say lower expectations for the forthcoming uh, proceedings. Now uh, the first part of the statement talks about those public proceedings and the fact that they're going to be starting uh, later on this month, February uh, 22nd, they'll go from Monday to Thursday uh, each week. And it notes in the statement, the Mass Casualty Commission says that family members had been uh, urging that the proceedings uh, begin more quickly, while uh, other participants, other unnamed participants, have been asking for more time to digest the large volume of material that, of course, is uh, you know, involved in a, an undertaking such as this. So it doesn't say who the other participants are. Uh, certainly, we could uh, presume that it is the police that's looking for extra time and the commissioners must have a sense at this time of uh, the various interests of the parties. Uh, so hopefully if there's a request for any further time uh, that they see through that kind of request and understand the interest behind it uh, and get the proceedings started. Now on that, throughout the statement and throughout the documents on the Mass Casualty Commission website, they talk about proceedings and not hearings, uh, which is significant um, because those are can have different connotations, obviously, and I think it is relevant for what they uh, what they describe as uh, what we can expect from the proceedings. Now, they also mention that they will uh, support uh, those most affected, uh, that is, the family members and, and those connected to the uh, the fatalities. That during the proceedings, uh, they'll have an opportunity to watch it live stream like anybody else. But they they make a special point of saying that they'll try to accommodate. Uh, those most affected, the parties uh, in the Halifax Convention Centre where the hearings are being held, sorry, where the proceedings are being held. Uh, so this likely means that there will be dedicated family rooms uh, for the uh, families, those most affected. That was the case in the Desmond Inquiry and it allowed people to be in the building and interact with some of uh, the participants and their lawyers without having to be in uh, the courtroom itself. So that is a, uh, certainly a positive thing to be provided to the families. 
Now for the public, uh, it's confirmed now that we'll be able to watch either live video or archived video uh, if you're not able to watch it during the day. And there also is going to be a family viewing space in uh, Truro. Uh, and so people that are from the port pic area may wish to convene there. And I think it is uh, important that people be able to convene in person. Uh, of course, there'll be COVID protocols in place, but uh, it's better for the families, especially if they're struggling, uh, that's better for them to be able to be with one another. Uh, you know, a counselor by a telephone or in person is fine, but being able to commiserate with somebody else who's going through the same uh, or similar experience to yourself, I think is, uh, is valuable for the families and, and those participating. So a big thing in this release, in my view, was the discussion of the role of the participants. And it was, uh, they say, updated. But what they didn't do was directly answer the question that's been posed uh, by myself. Also, it was posed by Patterson Law in their release uh, now a couple of weeks ago that uh, they weren't sure yet whether they were going to be able to cross-examine witnesses, whether they would be permitted to do so. And so this is a read right from the release uh, that was issued today. It says, quote, We have received questions about participants' role, specifically with regards to the foundational documents that will be shared publicly starting this February. Well, actually, that wasn't what the questions were about. The questions were about whether cross-examination was going to be possible. And like I say, they don't answer that question directly. They continue, The Commission's foundational documents bring together a large volume of information about what happened on April 18 and 19, 2020, limiting the need for lengthy proceedings and reducing the amount of verbal testimony required to do our work. Well, yes, they say our work, but it is our, that is the public's inquiry. Uh, their work, but our inquiry. Uh, so they should keep that in mind, certainly when determining how much of this is going to be done in public and how much of it is going to be done as it is taking place now behind closed doors. Uh, the suggestion from this line tells me that they would prefer uh, that verbal testimony be limited, avoided if possible, and that uh, closed door uh, meetings and agreements reached there are, are preferable, which uh, of course is concerning. Now, uh, the statement also points to uh, the rules of procedure when uh, talking about the participants and their role and I think this is again uh, an attempt to uh, perhaps subtly perhaps directly uh, manage and lower expectations as to those participants and the level of participation they're going to uh, enjoy during the Commission hearings. The statement points to the rules of procedure and it says the statement says that participants are able to make submissions including submissions for proposed areas for further a further investigation or suggested witnesses and questions for witnesses however ultimately the foundational documents are the Commission's documents and share the results of the Commission's investigation okay so when I see this the first thing that strikes me is that you know making suggestions on witnesses sure but lines of questions I've never heard of this before, where a lawyer would have a line of questions that they would ask a prosecutor, or in this case, inquiry counsel, or other, any other counsel to ask. If you have a line of questions that you think is important for a particular witness, you can't just hand those off to another lawyer and expect them to you know, ask the questions in the same effective manner that you would. You may have different things in mind. There's 
we don't know what the feedback is going to be and the answers from the witness. Uh, it's just it's just untenable in my mind to have lines of questions. You may have questions where or a line of question where you don't want the witness to know where you're taking it. Uh, and if you hand the whole thing over to inquiry counsel, commission counsel, then uh, the whatever element of surprise or flow for your questions is going to be lost. So uh, I don't I don't really see that happening. Uh, or if it does happen, I don't see it being effective whatsoever in uh, getting to a witness. You know, you may have witnesses where you know you're trying to impeach them, you're trying to undermine their credibility, and if you've given your questions to the same uh, counsel who's already done their examination in chief and built up their credibility, well, uh, you can just imagine how that would work out. So uh, I don't see that as being a, an adequate substitute for being uh, having the right to cross-examine each witness. You know, of course, to the extent of the participants, uh, you know, involvement in the commission and, uh, you know, more generally. So uh, it really suggests that, you know, once you have the results, and that's how they, they put it, uh, share the results of the commission's investigation. So this isn't, they're not saying preliminary or partial results, they're saying the results. Uh, so it suggests that no further question or, prob or probing is even needed or certainly would take place. If you already have the results, uh, that's not necessary. So that's uh, certainly a concern of mine as well. So they uh, point to the rules. Uh, they, they, in the statement, they remind us that there are rules of procedure. I've taken a look at those rules of procedure in terms of uh, questioning witnesses. And uh, just here are a couple for your, your information. Uh, number uh, 37 is under the heading of witnesses in hearings. It says, after commission counsel indicate to the participants the witnesses they intend to call in relation to a particular issue, a participant may apply to the commissioners for leave to call other witnesses whom the participant believes has evidence relevant to that issue. If the commissioners are satisfied that the evidence of the witness is needed, commission counsel shall call that witness. And then it says further in uh, part 50, that in the ordinary course, commission counsel will call and question witnesses who give evidence at commission hearings. And now the next part, 51, says something interesting. It says commission counsel has the right to re-examine any witness at the conclusion of their evidence, which may seem to imply that cross-examination is going to take place with each of these witnesses, uh, but the uh, next one, section 52, says that participants may have an opportunity to question the witnesses to the extent of their interest as determined by the commissioner. So we just don't know whether cross-examination is going to take place by any of the parties, uh, anyone else involved other than commission counsel uh, may or may not have an opportunity to examine these witnesses and uh, may or may not have an opportunity to uh, suggest or call witnesses of their own. Uh, it's, uh, as I say, very much uh, concerning and it seems to me that that's the point of the release is to well first of all say something because they want to say something and they've also pointed out that there will be public engagement taking place uh, some of you may have uh, seen surveys issued by the uh, Commission prior to Christmas where you had an opportunity to you know indicate how you would like to participate if you would uh, through roundtable discussions, uh, meetings, testifying, or, or what have you. 
So uh, there'll be, I think, um, something coming from that. It's not clear what exactly, but there will be an opportunity for the public to uh, provide feedback or, or some input of some kind. We'll see. But really, I think the main issue here and the main purpose of today's statement was to soften the blow when proceedings start. Uh, so instead of, you know, witnesses telling us what they did and what they saw, and uh, being challenged in cross-examination on those claims, uh, we're going to get someone reading in an agreed statement that's been worked on in uh, behind closed doors over the last you know, 10 weeks or so. So, uh, you know, when you read the statement, it doesn't seem like much, but uh, like I say, they've got a big staff and reading between the lines and, uh, you know, parsing through some of the words, I think we can see that where this is going. Um, anyway, that's my view of it when I read through the statement, the rules of procedure, and some of the other documents available on the Mass Casualty Commission website. So uh, those are my thoughts today. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, like and share if you uh, enjoy what uh, the, this content. And uh, we'll see you again soon.